0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I am your host, Scott Alexander, and right across me is the one, the only, the Sasquatch herself. Tammy the Gurr Underwood. How's it going, Tam?
1: It, it's going.
0: You want it's to tell going. everybody about the shirt that I got you?
1: Yes. Scott got me a belated Christmas and birthday present because last week we talked about the, like, the sign, parking sign you sent me or the warning <laughs> sign you gave me. Yeah. Today, Scott gives me a t shirt with a sas like, a shadow of a Sasquatch farting. And it says, breaking hearts and, heart and,
0: and, and ripping and fart. and rip farts. ripping farts.
1: <laughs> yes. And it is just absolutely, yeah, I well, love it. I, I, I grabbed
0: something else because I know that you and I sometimes have communication issues between <laughs> us. So, I found this nice little thing. It's from Archie McPhee, and they're out of Seattle, Washington. And it is an emergency Bigfoot sounder. So, here's the hell.
1: Hopefully that's loud enough. Oh,
0: I'd try to against the mic. Okay. The snort. That's from when you're smelling yourself. <laughs> the roar.
1: That's when I'm mad at you.
0: And then the groan.
1: Yeah, that's my mating call. <laughs> oh, that's scary. No, stay over there. No, bad, bad, squatch, bad. I didn't mean to push that button. <laughs>
0: Look, Squatch, put the leaves back over yourself, okay? I don't need to see that. I don't know. Bad Squatch. Bad.
1: <laughs> bad touch. <laughs> <laughs> bad
0: touch. You're not my priest.
1: Hang on. I got to put this paper back in the printer and print the other side. Give me just.
0: Oh, my God. Um. So, I don't know where you come up with these freaking names.
1: Dude, I didn't name him. Oh, wait, but I will say he's from the Midwest, so that might tell you something.
0: <laughs> I, I do have a side note. Okay. So, your mom's coming out here on vacation. When? During the summertime. That's between her and I. It's none of your business. However, I'm going to be teaching the band how to play the Nat King Cole song, You Are Too Good to Be True, and her and I are going to do at it.
1: Oh, I thought you guys were going to do a Frankie Valley song.
0: Was it Frankie Valley?
1: Yeah, I, and I don't even know if that's the one you were telling me about, but yeah. We're, we're going to do it
0: some songs. Something. It's going to be romantic. I'm going to light some <laughs> candles. And she is asking her doctor if her heart's healthy enough to have sex, so we have that.
1: Fuck off, Scott. Sweet love, it. <laughs> you know, we barely got through the introductions, and we're done. <laughs> I can't help it, man. Your mom's hot. I think our friend Joel loves it when I say we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: are done. Um, oh, just wait till I send you uh, recordings of us in the bedroom.
1: I will kill you.
0: I'm gonna, I'm and gonna... I know
1: it's not gonna happen, but just the thought of it makes me want to choke
0: you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna titled this album that, that album Sounds of Love. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? No. Hello.
1: You, you notice the silence? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
0: Right, let's talk about this Pecker head right here. Yeah, because, this guy. Jesus Christ.
1: His name is, and I'm probably gonna mess up hit the first part of his last name because it's a hyphenated name. It's William Metchert Dinkle. I think it's
0: I think that, that, that says Meckert.
1: Oh, it could be Meckert Dinkle.
0: That's what I'm thinking. It's gotta be. But you know, honestly, if I had a last name of Dinkle, I would change it in a like 18th birthday. That's my gift to myself. I'm going in and change my dude, name. Dude, I
1: would literally emancipate myself at the age of five to <laughs> change my name. <laughs> as soon as I realized what my name was, See, I'd that, be like, I'm
0: done. Well, you know, and I don't know anything about this dude, but I can tell you why he probably did what he did. He's probably made fun of in school
1: a um, lot. They does not get into that, but you'll be surprised. I mean, my introduction kind of tells a little bit about it. But as I go on, um, I was, and I'm surprised I didn't hear about this case. Well, I think I remember seeing a like a, a docu-series episode on it, but it wasn't one that I like paid a lot of attention to because I was like, oh, who cares? You know, but it's really bizarre. Wait minute, is it out of it's Iowa? A, no, it's out of Minnesota. Well, he lives in Minnesota, but. Uh, y'all get into where where Okay, it yeah. But I, yeah, I he lives in Minis- he lived in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um so and then it's like by the end you're going to be pissed off as I was. So, I want to start this presentation by asking you a question, okay? What does it mean to kill someone? Now, let me finish this. I'm not asking about the content of one's character or the tools required to pull it off. The definite, you know, so what does it mean, Scott, to you for, you know, to kill someone?
0: Ending their life, whether it's just or not. Okay. There's yeah. different reasons why. I mean, some people, we, we cover serial killers. So some people right. kill because of whatever outside stimuli. Some people mm-hmm. kill just because they're assholes. There's... Or
1: there's a stressor. Because, I mean, yeah. I haven't seen like the stressor aspect, like they talk about on Criminal Minds, um, with a lot of the killers we've covered. I mean, there are a few that I see that with. However, I saw that. I see that with Keith. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, because there was a stressor that happened in his life, you know, with his divorce and his girlfriend leaving him. I mean, his divorce happening and going through all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Because
0: I'm going to go grab coffee while you're doing your intro. Um, He just... For our regular listeners, Keith won't be on this show this week. This yeah. week, He was actually hospitalized. They, uh, he, he's got some medical conditions going on. He called me uh, yesterday, and him and I talked a little bit. So just just so you all know, he won't be on the show this week, which actually sends me, and we're really hoping that Keith yeah, has a speedy recovery.
1: Exactly. We hope nothing serious is going on.
0: Right, right, right. So Cause. if uh, if you're one of the ones that writes Keith, Write him and, and just send him yeah. a get well soon card or something, man.
1: Yeah. Send him something. Just a little note that says, you know, sorry to hear about this or blah, blah, blah. Yes. He, I mean, despite what he did, because like we've said, we don't condone what he did. However, he is not that person today. You no, know and, what I mean? And that's
0: true. That's true.
1: And, and it's like he wasn't that person before he killed somebody. Correct. So, you know, he's a human like all of us, you know, and... He deserves to have a little empathy, I guess. You know is the best way to put that.
0: No, I agree. I, I agree. know.
1: I know. You got silent on me. Anyway. I was drinking the last gulp of my uh, very cold coffee. So,
0: and our our our, our uh, fucking intern bitch is not here. So where I have to is get-
1: our intern? Is he sleeping?
0: In the, in the smelly room, the nasty smelly room. <laughs> I was going to say, because
1: I know he's not out with friends.
0: <laughs> the Jacob sleeps today. Wee, wing the okay, wing the way.
1: The coffee goddess is right there. I'm on it. Okay, can you get me a cup too, please? Because I'm almost out of my birthday coffee. <laughs> but can I have my, I don't have a, I don't have a regular cup. This one's still got some in it, though. Yeah. I I have the cr- my creamers in there. Sorry people, we're getting our coffee order in. <laughs> Yes, we're human. Yeah, because we
0: have, we, we, she's not thoroughly trained on the coffee aspect of this.
1: I know. Well, she knows your coffee, but not mine. So, yes, I bring my own creamer over now.
0: The, the only thing I actually rely on her for is is fucking merchandising and shit. This is, like, out of her thing, and because we have a, we have a kid who's fucking laying in his bed right now being all know, stinky dude. as normal. dude. He's our beer kinder. Bastard.
1: He's our coffee bitch. All that.
0: Hey, man, you got to start at the bottom and work your way up.
1: <laughs> so the de- definition of the term is actually something i'm talking about according to wikipedia the definition of murder is quote the unlawful killing of another human without justification or valid excuse especially the unlawful killing of another human with malice aforethought which is like premeditation okay Correct. now that doesn't like define manslaughter which you know is like i didn't mean to kill you but my recklessness did Right. Or involuntary manslaughter where it was a true accident and somebody died. You know, that kind of stuff.
0: Right. No, I, I'm, I'm hip to the scene. Yeah.
1: So the entry goes even further by saying that an individual state of mind sets murder apart from other types of homicide. Therefore, it, you know, to actually, like, explain my question, you know, is this. If an individual is not physically present when the person dies... Are they still guilty of murder? Yes. Okay. Depending
0: on the circumstances, though. Like, okay, here's the thing. All right, let's say that I stab you right now. Okay. Right. And you're bleeding out. Okay. Now, I take off. I decide, you know what? I'm going to go up to Walmart and I'm going to people watch because the freaks right. come out to Walmart. Right. Not just in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: <laughs> and, uh,. It's fucked up. I think Walmart is based... No, it's actually based in Texas, but... <laughs>
0: no, no, Walmart's base is in Bentonville, Arkansas.
1: Oh, I thought it was Texas.
0: Nope, Bentonville, Arkansas.
1: Uh, well, okay, that explains it then. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: lot to explain there. But, you know, uh, it, if you die, that's still, c- that, that's still considered a homicide. You know, j- just like... Um, uh, Okay, like, like in a drive-by shooting situation.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, no, you, I see that one, too.
0: You you shoot through a wall, and you hit somebody, and the ambulance gets there on time, okay? They load you up, but you die at the hospital or en route because of that injury. Right. That's still a homicide.
1: Right, right, right. No, I agree with now, that Now, granted, granted,
0: it turned from an uh, uh, assault with a deadly weapon. Right. But that's how it started, but now you're dead. That's a homicide.
1: True, true. Now... I understand. I I agree with exactly what you're saying. However, as we get further into this case, you'll actually understand why I pose that question.
0: Because his name is Dinkle. That's why.
1: (laughs) No, the case of William Meckert, I'll pronounce it Meckert, Dinkle is a controversial case to say the least. However, is he guilty of murder? Yes. I will let you decide later after I'm done.
0: His his last name is Dinkle.
1: So, Guilty. obviously, he did it. Obviously. I mean, he has rage in him, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Here's what happened. Got that? He's got that Here we go. screwed up last name. Oh,
1: are we supposed to hear you out first before we judge? Yeah, no. no. Okay.
0: Hear me out. Not to sound racist.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Don't do it. <laughs> but... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say anything racist this time. I know. I, I bet you our listeners are there going, oh, here he goes again. Is it going to be the Jews? Is it going <laughs> to be the black people? Is it going to be the Germans? Is, Is it, it going to be the Mexicans? Is <laughs> it going to be the Mexicans? What? script? No. Is it going
1: to Asians, too?
0: <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on the goddamn Asians. God damn it. <laughs> Shut Christ up. sakes, Unless man. Unless you're
1: a Korean woman, and then it's okay.
0: <laughs> Unless you're a Korean girl. Bring your sister. We'll have a good time. Anywho, I died, Greg.
1: I died, Greg. So anyways, it all started to unfold with, oh crap, my other mouse isn't working, so give me a minute. This stupid thing went all the way down to page 16. We're just having
0: a day. We can't find some equipment.
1: I know. Mouses,
0: Mises, mice's ain't working.
1: Well, this one doesn't scroll, so um, it all started to unfold with 18-year-old Nadia, and I'm p- pretty sure her last name is, pil- is pronounced Kajuji. Oh, that's a ha- Russian. No, no it's K A J O U J I. She is actually um, from Middle Eastern descent. Oh, like, there you yeah. go. There you go. I think that's she's how a they terrorist. Put it. She's not a a one hundred percent terrorist. She was eighteen. 18- she's Mediterranean descent. Excuse me, I was wrong.
0: Oh, then she gets a pass. She gets a pass because Greeks are Mediterranean. So, you know what? I apologize. She, I you are not a terrorist. Be
1: Greek, because that's kind of like you know what I well, mean. That's it's, true. There's there's yeah. a lot
0: of weird sounds going on there. Yeah, probably. yeah.
1: Like I said, I probably didn't pronounce it right, and that's the only time I say her last I, name. I humbly, I, don't want to <laughs> I humbly apologize, my
0: Greek sister. I humbly apologize. Yeah. Because so, Greek women will kill you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they will. They're like, They don't. They don't play. Just like Korean women. If you piss off a Korean woman, she will. He has no qualms about killing. Here's you. the thing: when you look at history, you know, like in
0: any part of history before women were all empowered, Greeks had, yeah, you know, like like women were leading armies, and it wasn't like a Joan of Arc thing where you got to be. I'm all hiding, pretending, pretending I'm a guy. And you it's know, not
1: a Mulan thing. It was no, they literally, yeah, they'd be yeah. like, I'm
0: a woman, I'm leading an army, and we're gonna kill everybody.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of very powerful. Greek women in ancient history.
0: Yes. Well, hell yeah, man. That's why I'm I'm still terrified of Greek women, because I'm afraid yeah. I'm not going to take out the garbage or something, and pretty soon they're like, "This is Sparta," and like kicking me in the chest <laughs> down a hole like King Leonidas did. You know, and I'm getting my ass kicked. They're invading my my freaking city and killing everybody. Going, you have disrespected me. How going they rape that? and
1: pillage you? Yeah. What
0: did I do? You did not take the garbage out. And you procrastinated. Well, no, I probably had that coming under Greek law.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, anyways, sh- she was a very beautiful teenage girl. You know, she was 18. However, those who looked deeper into her eyes saw a sadness beyond their understanding. Her roommates at Carleton University in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Eh? Eh. A. <laughs> a. See, we got to stop doing that. We're the last ones to see her alive on Sunday, March 9th. 2008 she was a freshman majoring in public affairs and policy i need to correct something when nobody in her family had heard from her they pressured campus security and local law enforcement officials to conduct a search nearly every student enrolled at Carleton and security officials at the university co- conducted a thorough search of the campus The Ottawa Police Department conducted an aerial and ground search, focusing most of their attention around the local rivers. Now, not long after Nadia disappeared, the local authorities launched an investigation. They focused most of their attention on her dorm room. During their search, they confiscated several of her personal effects, which included her computer. They were hoping to find something that would explain why the college freshman suddenly disappeared. According to reports of the incident, the authorities found Nadia's iPod in her dorm room. When did all this go down? Um, this is 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah, I must missed that. I said that already. Um, let's see. They found Nadia's iPod in her dorm room, and when they inspected, they noticed she had paused it in the middle of a song. Like well, she, wait a minute. Was it a
0: Twisted Blue" song?
1: Probably not in 2008. Your album just released. Oh, yeah. Huh?
0: Duh. <laughs> it should be.
1: I know. should have been. So anyways, um, so it's like she just like was abducted by an alien or something and her iPod paused.
0: Well, she's up in Canada, so it could be.
1: <laughs> no, only people in Florida and Arkansas get abducted. So no, they, you mem- know that. <laughs>
0: didn't you not see the news? They shot down a UFO uh, and the parts dropped in Canada and the U.S. That was earlier this week.
1: No, that was not a UFO. It was a Chinese thingy. No, that was
0: after that. that oh, after really? The yeah.
1: No, I don't watch the news or get those things. I, like, unsubscribed to my news updates because they were driving me crazy with all that political garbage.
0: No, there's that. I mean, I, 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 I get lots of new stuff, and I also get a lot of porn updates, so there is that. <laughs> because your mom and I will be shooting a porn pretty soon.
1: I have nothing to say. <laughs> so, they also discovered her... They also found her wallet in and in the room which had had her license and approximately $200 in cash. So you know robbery wasn't a motivation right for her disappearance. Right, makes sense. However, the most concerning piece of evidence may have been a handwritten note from her from her herself. It was attached to the wall and read, "Don't forget to love your life." Okay? Now, the missing persons report Filed for Nadia described her as approximately five foot tall, some my height, brown hair.
0: Bullshit! You're six eight.
1: I am not. My son's six seven, and he towers over me.
0: Whatever, there, man. That's why I scare the shit out of all the tourists that go up the fucking Mount Hood. I fucking
1: hate you. Oh my gosh! Some of the, my neighbors were coming out as I was leaving this morning, and they were, like had all these duffel bags and stuff. I said, "Oh, you going on a trip?" The guy goes, "No, we're going snowshoeing." And I wanted to say, "Why?" Exactly.
0: <laughs> Go? No, why? Are you being forced to do that? Like, who hurts you?
1: <laughs> and I thought of that because you said Mount Hood, but yeah.
0: Is this going to be a hostage situation? We'll call the police right now. I'll I'll help you out.
1: Who Who is who is extorting you to do this? Oh, no so, <laughs> she had brown hair about shoulder length that had blonde highlights. She had, her eyes were hazel, and she had two piercings, one on her tongue and one on her right eyebrow. Yeah. And she was from Mediterranean descent. Now news. Re- oh, I said new reports. When I want to say. See, and now it's like I'm not even using my scroll thingy and it's scrolling on me. So news reports stated that Nadia's last known communication was an email she sent the night of her disappearance to an unnamed individual. Apparently, she told this person she was going to, and you might know how to pronounce this better, Rideau Canal, R-I-D-E-A-U, or Rideau, Rideau, I think it is, because that's sounds like Rideau.
0: Yeah, sounds like Rideau.
1: Yeah, to do some ice skating. However, the Ottawa Police Department's spokesman never confirmed nor denied whether that email truly existed. Now, Mike Sanford, an inspector with the department, did state this, though. If that was on the computer, that would be one of the areas she could be going. So far, there's no information that would lead us to think there was foul play. He said that if Nadia left campus grounds on the night she went missing, locating her would probably be more like trying to find a needle in a haystack because she could have been anywhere she wasn't on campus right
0: or a greek on an island
1: there you go (laughs) or a greek in the middle of the you know mediterranean sea
0: all greeks look the same
1: (laughs) they do no (laughs) No, most of them are better looking than you, though. <laughs> I think that's your oh, Swiss side. Ouch! Or your, your is it Switzerland? Yep, Swiss. Yeah, your Swiss side. Swiss
0: and Greek, man.
1: That's the paleness in you. <laughs> Which, if
0: you think about it politically, it's pretty fucked up because you know Switzerland's neutral, like they right, don't war right, with right. anybody. And then you have the Greeks who are like, kill everybody.
1: everybody. Yeah, that's is that the inner turmoil you feel?
0: That is it right there. You know, yeah. and Greeks will like kill everybody, including other Greeks in other villages. We'll yeah. just kill or them all. your own family. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like... See, I have two warring parts in me because I have German and Dutch. So there you go.
0: Don't even get me started on those filthy fucking Germans. God damn it.
1: <laughs> you know, I've often said I feel like I'm probably directly related to Hitler because my family is weird.
0: Well, you do share a lot of commonalities in that little mustache
1: hate you. <laughs> You're a dick. Now, um.
0: This is why we don't script this shit. Just that's saying.
1: That's right. Because our our raw <laughs> expressions and, you know.
0: So raw. Or
1: like, you know. Just like
0: with your mom. can be raw dogging her.
1: Yeah. Our raw responses are just like, we can't do it. I mean, that's why we don't script our Scotty and Squat show either. And you're not allowed to look at our news reports before I say them. <laughs> so, according to these reports, Nadia had anxiety and as, as she tried to cope with the pressures of being a college student. She and her boyfriend had recently separated, so she was dealing with the depression that went along with that. Now, a search of her computer revealed that she was spending a significant amount of time in various chat rooms, most of which were only devoted to people discussing suicide and suicide ideation. Now, her family spoke out about her struggles, and according to a spokesperson for the family, they thought she was having difficulty sleeping. However, they also believed that she was taking medication for that. They also stated an inventory of items found in her room did not include her cell phone or her diary. And they made a point of saying that, you know, she was... Very religious, not religious. You know what I mean about writing in her diary. So it probably would have revealed a lot if they could have found it.
0: You mean adamant?
1: That's what I meant to say. Thank you. That's my ESP. Well, some people say religious about it too because you know it's like. So when people are only
0: religious about me and, of course, the Church of the Mighty Majestic Mountain Cow. No. Oh yeah, Reverend Beauregard Vine.
1: That's funny because we had a discussion with somebody on Citizens of Brutal Nation about that.
0: <laughs> yep, Reverend Bo, but you can call him Bo, Reverend Bo Vine.
1: <laughs> so, Nadia wasn't found right a- When Nadia wasn't found right away, and with the information they gleaned from her computer, the authorities surmised she had committed suicide somewhere. However, her family was very vocal in their belief she was a victim of foul play. Her aunt, now this is going to, her aunt's name was Candita Martins Mills, which tells me she's probably German. I mean, sounds like women foul play.
0: Does that mean she Candida? played with ducks?
1: Huh?
0: Foul play. She's playing with ducks.
1: Not FOW. <sighs> now, we said it repeatedly. This uh, sh- she said. We said it repeatedly. This is not her character. She must. So much stuff doesn't mesh. Doesn't fit. We know somebody knows something about her. You cannot just disappear like this. Now, several of Nadia's family members criticized how the Ottawa Police Department was investigating her disappearance. For that reason, they traveled the 300 plus miles from their residence to Ottawa so they could participate in the search for her themselves. They even offered a reward of $50,000 for anyone providing information leading to her safe return. Now, when there weren't any leads or results within a week of her vanishing, many taking part in the search efforts got very discouraged. You know, because they always say if you don't find it within 48 hours, something's wrong.
0: Yeah, well, is it forty or 24 hours? No, you just it's assume, 48. They assume you're dead.
1: Yeah, it's 48. Um, and with a the child, they say that, you know... They still consider the 48 hours, but usually if a child is abducted, if it's not for human trafficking or sexual purposes, they're usually dead within four hours.
0: That sounds about right. Nobody can handle kids, man. Kids are little assholes.
1: I know, right? I always say if somebody kidnapped me, they'd... Oh, I always used to say about my son, too, when he was little. If they kidnapped me, they'd have taken me back. (laughs) So the location where the body was found had been less than... Oh, wait. The search for Nadia didn't turn up anything for weeks. Then, Saturday, April 19, 2008, the Ottawa area was covered with about three feet of snow. So, needless to say, all search efforts on the ground were hindered. However, a boater was out on the Rideau River when they discovered the body of a younger woman hung up on a rock behind St. Paul University.
0: So, she was sunbathing in the snow?
1: Hung up on a rock. Whatever. The location where the body was found had been less than two miles from Carleton University. In the press conference announcing the discovery of the body, Sergeant Cal Godban, G H A D B A N,
0: that sounds like it. It's it's like Godsmack, but different.
1: Godban, yeah. Stated they found quote visible signs of trauma. They did not find. I'm sorry, visible signs of trauma or foul play within 24. I need, I need to put that in there because when I transfer this over to the blog, I just cut and paste, and I don't Ah, want to. Well, there you go. Sorry, people. Sounds like
0: a got em way to go.
1: Anyways, within 24 hours from when the authorities pulled the body out of the water, Nadia's family. I'm telling you, this mouse is driving me crazy. Nadia's family and friends were pretty sure it was her. Um, they didn't have to wait very much longer for their sp- suspicions to be confirmed. Right. Um. A short time later, Candita told reporters, obviously, we were hoping for a different outcome. There was still a lot of unanswered stuff. Not only was Nadia's family devastated to find out she had died, they were hit with even more tragic news. She apparently, owed a
0: credit card bill, and she never responded to the people calling for, to extend her car warranty.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, my um, bad. Apparently, her depression had become more severe than they were aware of. But get this. She talked to somebody about it. She went to the university's medical department and told them she was having suicidal thoughts and ideations and was seriously contemplating following through. According to Candita, though, the medical staff knew and they did nothing. They didn't even monitor her. They didn't listen to her. And it was just ridiculous how it it all was handled. It's like they just dismissed her.
0: That's a lot of, but, you know, you see that a lot, though.
1: I know, but this is 2008, where more people were aware of the, you know, more empathetic and aware of the situation, and they tried to do oh, more and for I, people.
0: Well, and I, I dig, but still, even in 2008, you know, people w- would just be like, eh, I don't think they really mean it, because, and uh, there's a lot of contributing factors, like there's body language and, and things like oh, that. Oh, that's true, too. You know, because, okay, it's like when I'm having a severe problem. I don't show the stressors that most people uh, show, like when I'm super angry. Yeah, you're very quiet and abrupt. Right. And if I'm being all mouthy and shit, then everybody's pretty safe. When I get really quiet shit's gonna go down
1: yeah or if you read more into one little statement that i mean or one word yeah yeah no <laughs> or one expression it's like yeah he's pissed
0: yeah then that, that that's my own. so it, she might be the same way yeah. where it's you know it, she went in and she said, look i have i'm she could be talking like this like, hey look I, i'm having these thoughts of suicide and i really need some help with it because I, I think i'm gonna off myself and they're like oh she doesn't sound like she's to De- oh, depressed. Yeah. I mean, she's not crying. She's not frantic. And they are like, "Go on, little little Greek girl, go back and frolic." And she's like, "Okay,
1: go find Aphrodite's fountain." Yeah. And now
0: I'm <laughs> going to off myself. Yeah. It could have been something like that. We, well, you know, I'm just speculating, of course.
1: Right now, things actually started to unravel. Approximately three weeks after Nadia disappeared, on March 25th. 2008, a series of events started to play out across the Atlantic Ocean, which was when things truly began to unravel. These events were still taking place even as Nadia's body was discovered. Now, in the United Kingdom, an anti-suicide advocate had discovered an individual based in Minnesota was actively encouraging people to commit suicide by using several chat rooms on the internet. Approximately three years before Nadia killed herself, In Coventry, England, 32-year-old Mark Drybro, D-R-Y-B-R-O-U-G-H.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Hang on, I need to put in a punctuation mark here. Um, An IT technician committed suicide by hanging himself at his house. Now, the advocate discovered he had been chatting with I mean, she later discovered that he had been chatting with then 47-year-old William. But here's the kicker. He wasn't using his own identity. He had adopted multiple aliases in which he would pass himself off as a female. The authorities searched Mark's computer and discovered several chat sessions that included correspondence from William advising him about how he could successfully hang himself using a door in his house. Now get this, at least one message written by William, who was actually going by a female's name, and I'll get into that in a minute, was released via a legal document. It stated, you can easily hang from a door using the knob, shut up Scott, on the opposite (laughs) side to tie the rope to sling it over the top of the door at, attach the noose or loop to yourself then step off and you'll hang successfully. Oh, okay. That, yeah, I mean I can see how that would work but at the same time it's like what?
0: <laughs> no, okay. Here's my thing on suicide, man. If somebody's really dedicated to killing themselves, Oh yeah. Ain't much you can do to stop them. I don't That's encourage true. anybody to do it. There's always there's tons of resources out there. There's medication. Yes. Maybe you need medication. Maybe you need hospitalization. But if somebody finally gets that into their head that this is how they're going out, guess what, Jack? You ain't
1: stopping them. Right. That's true, too. So the authorities in Ottawa investigating Nadia's case didn't have information on Mark's suicide. However, it wasn't long before Internet sleuths in Canada tied. Well, actually, they were I'm going to. That wasn't Canada. It was England. Um, tied William to Nadia's suicide as well. Um, I
0: see what you did there.
1: China Wha- tie yeah.
0: news tied Shut them together. Up. It's a whole bondage thing
1: Yeah, they were looking. That wasn't even a pun intended, but okay. They were spank looking-
0: me. Oh, I love it when you tie me up like that. Shut Too up. much choking.
1: Anyways, so it started by them looking into the circumstances of Mark's death, which wound up prompting authorities to search the computers of both suicide victims. But that didn't happen until way later. I'll get into that, too. Eventually, the authorities in Minnesota reported their discovery of, quote, a large amount of information on Williams' computer. This case went full circle when they linked the information to Nadia's case, which is why they contacted detectives in Ottawa. Now, Mark's family said that several years before he committed suicide, he came down with infectious mononucleosis, which led to his severe depression, which, if anybody knows, mono, okay? The most common cause of mono is from the Epstein-Barr virus, and the disease is most common among high school and college students. It can be caused by several viruses that are transmitted via bodily fluids, and the most common transmission method is through saliva. Hence the nickname we used to always say in high school, the kissing disease, remember?
0: I I caught way different viruses. Anyway, I did Greg.
1: Let's not get into your sexually transmitted diseases, Scott. We don't have enough time. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Like that one? (laughs) You know what? As fucked up as you've been to me today, you deserve that. However, (laughs) it can also be spread through sexual contact, organ transplation, and blood transfusions. Now, the typical incubation period of mono is around four to six weeks after an individual is infected with EBV. Sometimes they're slow to develop and aren't always established at the same time. They typically only last two to four weeks, but may continue for over six months. And the symptoms include fever, head and or body aches, a rash, extreme fatigue, which can continue for several weeks after their symptoms disappear, a sore throat, swelling of the lymph nodes in armpits and neck and swelling of the liver or spleen, which that one's a rare symptom. Now, In June of 2005, shortly after Mark killed himself, his family found transcripts from a chat room and several emails he had stored on his computer. As they read those messages, they found tidbits of information that gave them a clearer picture of what turned out to be a bizarre puzzle. The picture they saw indicated Mark had possibly been involved in some sort of suicide pact. A pact he had apparently entered with someone who appeared to be a younger female nurse. Mark's family was well aware that he had been seeing a therapist who told him he was mentally ill. The therapist indicated he mainly suffered from severe depression. However, in the same way Nadia's family was unaware of her suicidal ideations, Mark's family had no clue he was contemplating committing suicide. And usually those are the ones that will follow through. Because they don't tend to reach out and tell anybody they're going to do it. They just do it. Correctamundo. Um. Elaine Drybro, Mark's mother, said, my daughter told me that a nurse called Lee, L.I., encouraged Mark to kill himself and said that some people had allowed her to watch their suicide before.
0: That's a hella Asian name, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah. And you'll, you'll find out soon that her last, she said her last name was Dow, D-A-O. So, we, yeah, hella we, Asian. We kill you a long time. Yeah. When Mark was ill, I noticed he was using the computer a lot, and I was worried what he was doing.
0: Masturbating.
1: No, that's you.
0: Oh, at first, my bad.
1: Don't no want your son to spend so much time in his room with his door sh- Never mind. That's and a 55-gallon gallon drum of lube. <laughs> at first, I was going to say because he doesn't want to see you masturbating at the computer, but then I'd like change that because he's probably... <laughs> You know,
0: flogging the log, man, flogging the log,
1: spanking the monkey,
0: Mm, punishing the bishop.
1: (laughs) So, at first, when they brought their findings to local law enforcement officials, it seemed as if the officers just dismissed their concerns. Now, Celia Blay, a 64-year-old grandmother from Maiden Bradley, Wiltshire, England, Jesus Christ. Maidlyn Bradley, which is in Wiltshire, England. I just feel
0: sorry for her if she has to write a letter to somebody just (laughs) addressing that thing. You need three envelopes to be continued.
1: (laughs) Get one of those big manila envelopes to get all in there. So she um, came across Mark's suicide, which led her to become the first Internet sleuth looking into his case. Typically, Celia only used the Internet to conduct research on medieval history, so she knew it would be a challenge to locate an electronic ghoul or suicide voyeur. She also knew that it would most likely be an unsettling endeavor. The only information she had to start with came from a teenage friend of her family. This child told her a few years before Mark's suicide, she had entered a suicide pact with a younger female nurse. She said, I was absolutely furious. This is Celia talking. I was absolutely furious that such a sweet and innocent young girl was being persuaded to kill herself. Celia immediately got to work on her mission and she discovered the teenager had actually entered the pact with an individual who claimed her name was Lee Dow. And in an effort to prevent the young girl from following through with her plan to commit suicide, Celia managed to convince her to hold off on her decision until she had more information. Right? The girl agreed, which gave the older woman extra time to investigate the shocking arrangement this girl was in. That decision ultimately prevented the young woman from committing suicide. She's currently still alive. You know, so thank goodness, right? I don't know.
0: I don't know her. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe she's a twat.
1: <sighs> she's not your chick up in Canada, Scott. No, I'm, Either I'm just saying. I'm just,
0: I'm just saying, you know, maybe. Just Have you
1: noticed that of the two women you... You know, like, no into you know more details about from Canada. You hate them both.
0: Holy shit!
1: Did you not think of that before now?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't put all that together. Yeah, between my ex-wife and freaking Homolka
1: I know. <laughs> there's
0: something wrong with Canada. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. That's it right there. Something's <laughs> so, it's so yeah, wrong I was, with thinking about that. I was
1: like, you know, Scott knows pretty much a lot of what Hamolka's life was like, and you know, he was married to a Canadian, so and he hates them both. <laughs>
0: That make, And it's really weird because I really like Canada and I like Canadian people. Mm, yeah, Until well. now, now I'm thinking there's something wrong with y'all's water. <laughs> That's Some, right. Going it's on. in the water. I mean, the water, <laughs> the air, or something. I, I, actually, I know why. Because Canadians are so nice.
1: Yeah. That true.
0: I, that this shit happens. That's why you guys need to vent more. Like, That's you need true. to be more Americanized where you look at somebody and say, hey, man, why don't you lick my ass and piss off? You know, a little bit more brutal.
1: That's right. Don't be so nice to everybody, because then that's when you stuff your anger down, and it has it explodes eventually.
0: Yes, that's it. So, just a little PSA for my Canadian brothers yeah, and sisters like that I like a lot.
1: Waiting to explode.
0: Because I do. I, I really do like can, can, you know, well, Canada. Canada. few
1: Canadians I've actually met? I adore. Yeah. you know they're awesome people.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, man. There's only a few places, and we'll get back on track that that you can really go. Wow, super nice. Number one is rule America. Like, when I went to visit, I used to visit my friend Jenny Oshler in Oshlada, uh, uh, uh Oklahoma, all the time. And every time I was up there, man, it's a small town. Everybody knew who the hell I was because, oh, oh you must yeah. be Jenny's friend. Um, they were super,
1: super. And the Deep South, too, because they have that and, Southern chart, and, you know. Oh,
0: oh. Who was I talking to? Me. About? Oh, was it? Yeah. Because, yeah. Because well, you're we're in... super nice. And, and the
1: insults. <laughs> sounds like a compliment it,
0: it does you know what well, bless your heart you know i would hate to see anything bad happen to to bill over there like he gets hit by a truck and then somebody pisses in his mouth as he dies that and would be him. horrible that'd be a terrible thing <laughs> so we're gonna pray for him that's what we're gonna do we're gonna have to pray for him <laughs> i'd hate to see sally over there get kicked in the vagina and then somebody push her <laughs> off a cliff that'd be terrible just wouldn't that be terrible clay yeah that'd be terrible scott we're going to pray for them. Bless their heart.
1: I know. Yeah, because, I mean, you and I have talked about it. Bless your heart in the South is the worst insult anybody can ever tell you.
0: Yep. And yet people look and they go, that was so nice. That was so sweet. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it was. I'm going to go now. And then you walk away and then they start thinking, wait a wait minute.
1: Wait a minute. They just
0: said, kick me in the twat and push me off of a... I'm not sure how <laughs> I should take that. You just search your soul and ask Jesus. That's all you got to do. And you walk on no. right away. <laughs> and they go, I'm, I'm not sure if I should be offended or if that is the <laughs> nicest thing I've ever heard. And then their heads but explode go, and they die.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> How do you think I survived Southern California, man? You talk like that, people's heads explode, man. And they did—they just die. I'm going to kick your ass. Well, bless your heart. You could try that. But I'm pretty sure I'll shove your head up your ass, piss down your neck. But, you know, and I'd hate to see something like, oh, I don't know, me shoot you from about 150 yards <laughs> away. Or and you blow out in the ocean. <laughs> and, and drown you in the ocean. You know, that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Hey, you know what? You're actually a really nice guy. Well, I guess I am. Thank you very much. Now, you go to church now, okay? Bye-bye. And you walk on up. <laughs> and they were like, I don't, I wanted to kick his ass, but do I still want to? I, I do. No, no. No, no. I, <laughs> nope, nope, I, I do It's just think way so. too nice to do. And then if you look over your shoulder, you hear the wind blowing. Whoosh, whoosh, <laughs> and you look over your shoulder, you hear pop. And that, their heads explode. And they fall over. <laughs> killed another I gonna,
1: one. I was going to say, is that the curse coming on the wind blowing? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. The southern, the, the, uh, the, the hillbilly gods of old come along. And say, we have heard you, my child. And then, boom, their heads explode. It's great.
1: <laughs> so, as Celia dug further into the case, she decided to contact other people who were members of the chat rooms and social media groups that Lee Dow used. She discovered that Lee Dow also went by at least two other aliases in those forums.
0: Lee Up? No. Lee Dow? Lee Side to Side?
1: No, Cammy D and Falcon Girl. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. She even learned that whoever was using those aliases had entered with other indi- entered suicide packs with other individuals before they convinced the teenager mentioned above to join one. <clears throat> Hang on, I gotta put in packs there. Um, the, this person using multiple aliases also got some of the pack members to agree to live stream their suicide with her so, quote, they could watch each other's suicide. However, that
0: would make for great ratings.
1: Can dude, we, can we, is that illegal? Would I get sued if we did that? Um, I don't know. Maybe you should wait till the end of this episode and we can discuss that. Oh, OK, I was just thinking so, it
0: would be great ratings.
1: However, Celia also found information that indicated at the time the suicides were to be carried out. Lee Dow's webcam would always have some type of, quote, technical difficulty. Therefore, she could watch the other person commit suicide, but they wouldn't be able to see her. Celia later stated, quote, it took months and months to collect the evidence. But when I went to the police, they just said, quote, if it bothers you, look the other way. Exactly, man. That's exactly what Sting from the police would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then then, then he would look at, at her and go, don't stand, don't stand so, don't stand so close to me.
1: Isn't it the police that also had that song, I'll Be Watching You?
0: That was Sting on his uh, yeah, uh, that was just so so his solo tour, yeah, but yeah, that's what he said. Hey, you know what? I know you're reporting this, but I'll be watching you. That is the
1: ultimate stalker song,
0: it is, man. That's even
1: worse than um, John Bon Jovi's I'll be there for you, these five words. I swear to you, when you breathe, I want to be the air for you. on a
0: grave, what
1: I haven't heard that one.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, That's why we're all confused. We're on a Bon Jovi thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I love that Stalker song. I I like like anything that John Bon Jovi does. Almost. I mean, some of his newer stuff kind of sucks, but.
1: Yeah, as he got older, it kind of like took on a different tone.
0: Yeah, no kidding. He's in great shape, but I'm pretty sure he's walking around in a walker right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want to know why he cut his fucking hair? That's why he needs to go back to that big, poofy 80s mullet looking thing.
1: Yes, that's true. He but do you know his... he has a restaurant, I think it's in New Jersey, that nobody really has to pay. Yeah. They you... just pay what they can afford.
0: And and you you can do dishes and things like mm-hmm. that to buy your meals. Yeah. And I, I totally respect that. It, it, yeah, it, totally. It feeds people. And you know how mm-hmm. I feel about feeding people.
1: Yeah, because you're a cow. No I'm kidding. Oh, so you know what? You know, because you have two stomachs. Hold on. You're horrible. So, these suicides took place in the early two thousands and possibly as far back as the late nineties. So when, I discovered, so when I personally discovered the police were dismissive about people's concerns that something more sinister was happening, I was shocked and disgusted by their indifference. Now, not long after Celia and Mark's mother Elaine gathered their information on Lee Dow, and the other aliases, a third amateur sleuth joined the investigation. Now, Catherine Lowe was a 37-year-old unemployed mother of two. She was living in Wolverhampton, England, when she decided to contact Falcon Girl, at the time, Catherine was actually having suicide ideations of her own.
0: You know but, what? The, you know what that makes me think of seriously. What? Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Falcon Girl <laughs> takes a call. <laughs> Just, like she's part of the
1: DC, like the Justice League.
0: There he goes. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom.
1: <laughs> but she felt those feelings would actually give her an advantage in earning Falcon Girl's trust. It didn't take long after Catherine made contact with Falcon Girl before they became acquainted with with each, you know, more intimately acquainted with each other. They had several exchanges via one of the chat rooms Falcon Girl belonged to. Over time, she was able to talk Catherine into buying some rope and alcohol to ease her nerves. Now, Catherine said, quote, I was really scared. He might talk me into hanging myself. Despite her misgivings, Catherine continued corresponding with this person. She eventually discovered that this person was an emergency nurse working at a United States hospital. According to Falcon Girl, the experience she gained from working in the hospital gave her, quote, expert knowledge in the best methods for people to commit suicide. She also stated several years before she witnessed via webcam an unnamed male from Birmingham, England, hang himself. Now, Falcon Girl wrote in a chat message. This is what she said. He asked me to watch as he was all alone. I didn't want to, thinking it was some perverted ploy of his. But after many hours of talking, I agreed to watch him die so he would not die alone. Right? How empathetic and sinister does that sound?
0: Hmm. Now, I'll i watch him die. It doesn't bother me.
1: Yeah, I know it doesn't. Falkinger also told Catherine that she had entered suicide packs in the past. However, she had always chickened out when it came to following through. Despite her propensity to renege when it came down to the wire, she assured Catherine that their pact was different, and she fully intended to carry it out to the end. She wrote in one message, quote, I can die on Friday the 20th, too. That would be a very good day for me, as the next day my parents will be here, and it won't happen. I hope we can talk that day and go somewhere close to the same time, if possible. It's good to have support at this time of need. Hugs and love. I just just want to throw up every time I read that So by the time Catherine had finished her investigation On the individual using the identities of Lee Dow Cammie D and Falcon Girl She had gathered a significant amount of information The data she collected helped trace the quote girl To a neighborhood in St. Paul, Minnesota It also helped determine the individual was actually a man By the name of William Melk. Melker Dinkle. I just hate saying that name. But most importantly, they obtained his physical address. Catherine turned everything over to the authorities, including transcripts of the chat she had exchanged with Falcon Girl. Here's one of them. Catherine, the four people you think hang themselves, did they do it while you were online? You know, and then Falcon Girl, no, just one. When the guy in Birmingham went, why did you not go too? I was put on a new drug to see if I could get better. Then Catherine goes, I'm scared. Then, you know, the other chick responds, I know. I agreed to help you because we both know each of us is sincere about needing to die. That is why I agreed to watch and help you if you need it. Catherine, I have tried cutting my wrists. And then Falcon Girl ends by saying that is why I really suggest the rope because it's so much more dependable. Now, a suspicious photo According to Catherine, who are you whispering to? Dog. Oh, I just heard this whisper. I'm like, there's nobody over there, weirdo.
0: Yes, she is. She's on my lap.
1: (laughs) Oh, according to Catherine, her instincts told her Falcon Girl was not who she claimed to be. (sighs) I I typed this like half asleep because it was getting late. Wasn't who she claimed to be when she received a suspicious photo from the girl. Now, Catherine said, although the picture was of a young woman, she didn't think it was authentic, especially since the file name on the image belonged to a man. During an interview with the Sunday Telegraph, Catherine stated she connected with a significant number of people in the chat room where she met Falcon Girl, even becoming friends with some of them. And when she chatted with her other friends in the group, she discovered that a lot of them had their own suspicions about Falcon Girl, "Quote because he used lots of different names, and although this person used multiple names, the majority of those who frequently posted in the room could easily tell they were the same individual. They came to this conclusion based on several factors: the subjects this person discussed, how she used various words, and the way different users express themselves in the the, the way those different users expressed themselves in the same manner, which is how they linked those." Amazon reviews to Todd Colhead.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Burt, Remember Burt Todd, man.
1: <laughs> Whatever. dude. I, I will say those it those Amazon reviews were hilarious. <laughs> they were hilarious. <laughs> but I'm I'm disturbed. So um,
0: are you down with the sickness?
1: I'm down with that sickness. <laughs> so Catherine told the interviewer uh, people would offer each other support on there. But whenever Falcon Girl spoke to people. She was always a bit too over-supportive in encouraging people to go through with their suicide. I knew what she was doing, but I decided to string them along to gather all the evidence I could. Now, according to Catherine, whoever was going by the different usernames was also extremely chatty and cordial to everyone. They were often persistent about people chatting with them Via their webcam, but always said he would use his webcam as well. But whenever the chat sessions began, there was always some reason why his device would malfunction. She said, "Quote: After a while, I convinced him to use a webcam, and it was then that I saw him as the man he really was. So I took a picture of him on my mobile phone." Which they know, don't
0: say mobile; they say mobile.
1: Whatever. I'm not going to try. Did I took a picture of him English with my mobile know. phone? I'm not going to try to talk Eng- the but Queen's ben, English But then
0: mobile. We're like, get
1: in the boot. Let's take the lift.
0: I have to take the lift so I can put all my groceries in the boot.
1: And carry it up to my loft. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my flat.
1: Yeah, my flat. So once Catherine and Celia had gathered their evidence and created files, they set about trying to get the authorities to investigate. At first, they went to law enforcement officials in the UK, but the officers turned them away. Then, since the perpetrator lived in the United States, they tried to get the FBI involved. However, agents said due to, quote, jurisdictional issues, they didn't have the authority to conduct an investigation. Now, those rejections didn't stop these three women. They contacted the authorities in St. Paul, Minnesota. Although they had put a great deal of effort into pleading their case with the detectives they spoke with, it paid off. They agreed they had to put a great deal of effort. Excuse me. They agreed to go over the evidence the three women had gathered, and when they were finished thoroughly coming through the files, they decided it, They, it, opening an investigation was warranted. Celia later said, although she wished authorities would have gotten involved in the case earlier, the timing of the investigation in Saint Paul, quote, did not come a moment too soon. She said she was personally aware of several deaths that had taken place from when she was finally able to identify William until law enforcement officials actually searched his residence and confiscated his computer. Now, Um, According to everyone who had a part in determining William was a suicide voyeur, it was practically impossible to know the exact number of victims he had. How many of the individuals he chatted with wouldn't have followed through with their plans against suicide had he not encouraged them to do so? Now, Celia is adamant in her belief that William most likely convinced numerous people in multiple countries to kill themselves for several years. She also believes that a good portion of those people might not have done it had William not been there, had, might not have committed or attempted to commit suicide, had he not been there to encourage them to follow through with their deadly plans. She said he made it, made it as in suicide, seem so logical that it was the only way out. He made sure it happened. I think his targets are in the triple figures, and I would not be surprised if the number of deaths was in the double figures. Now, Celia theorized William had an unhealthy fascination with the cusp between life and death, not to mention he urged people to commit suicide with methods that weren't guaranteed to work every time. And if they did work, their death would not be quick, despite how he told them it would be quick and painless. Right. 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 But hanging yourself is not guaranteed to work. You know, I know because you have to get that noose just right and determine the, you know, the drop and all that crap. I Otherwise, was... you could decapitate yourself. Well, yes. But... Here's
0: what I figure is I'm hung and I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your mom.
1: Wishful thinking. I <laughs> love
0: that silence. It's just it speaks droves. I
1: just I just no, I can't even right now. And then you wonder why I give my little jabs at you.
0: (laughs) No, I don't wonder. I know exactly why. My my, my face is buried in your mom. I know that. Oh,
1: my God. The only thing about this case that people seem to agree upon is this. The efforts of the three women living in the U.K. drove everything forward. In fact, if they didn't take the initiative, detectives in Ottawa may never have made the connection between Nadia's suicide and William. The first time William was taken to the police station to be questioned by detectives in Minnesota, they actually became concerned with the way he was conducting himself. That, along with his alleged health issues, they had him admitted to the hospital. Then nurses working on the floor while he was under supervision claimed that he confided in them. Well, it was more like he gave them a confession of sorts. Reports indicate that he allegedly stated he had an addiction to internet chat rooms focusing on suicide. He admitted he told member other members of those chat rooms he was a twenty year old female, twenty eight year old female, and he developed quote relationships with some people in order for suicide in order to form suicide packs with them. Now, he also claimed that a good portion of those packs involved individuals who never truly intended to end their lives before he encouraged them to do so. Um, Elaine Dryford later said, if it were not for Celia, he would still be at it. And how many people would have died? Um, As the cases in Minnesota and Ottawa unfolded, detectives discovered that in the weeks leading up to Nadia's suicide, she spent more and more time in online forums and chat rooms talking to other people who were also depressed. When the authorities went through William and Nadia's computers, they discovered the two of them had several links with each other. When the Ottawa police combed through Nadia's internet history and hard drive, they found out she frequently chatted with a young woman with the username Cammy. From the chat room transcripts pulled from her computer, it's believed Nadia had formed a suicide pact with this girl, who was actually William. During their conversations, Cammie asked Nadia multiple times to commit suicide by hanging herself. Cammie also suggested that Nadia stream the event over a webcam so that she could watch it happen, which is why they believe that Cammie was truly William, because it's the same verbiage he used all the time.
0: That makes sense, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, the investigators going through Williams' computer discovered that he often tried to urge the people he had suicide packs with to hang themselves. He told them it was one of the best ways to end their lives with little to no pain involved. And I don't see how he figures because you're literally cutting off your airway. Uh,
0: yeah, but, you know, people are stupid and they'll believe anything. Like, like for real, man. I mean, I, I don't...
1: Because it's not like you're getting, you're not being executed by hanging, where it, like snaps your neck because you fall so fast. Right. You know, it's like you're hanging there and you like literally suffocate yourself, choke yourself to death. Right, right. Which is how, um, what David Carradine died, but I died, Greg. So once he seemed to convince them to follow through with their part of the pact, he would typically encourage them to stream their suicide with a webcam. He told them that it was so he could provide them. With help to position the news properly, which would almost guarantee their success. Now, in an interview with a Toronto newspaper called The Globe and Mail, Celia said it is really creepy stuff. If you read the chat logs, it makes your hair stand up on the back of your neck. He certainly knows how to push the right buttons. Now, then Peter Panos, a spokesperson for the St. Paul, Paul Police Department, said that when investigators went through the contents of Williams' computer, they pulled, quote, a large amount of information from the computer, which that with that information, they connected him to multiple events involving chatroom conversations talking about suicide. They also confirmed that Nadia, quote, had been conversing with him online prior to her disappearance and investigators are now in the process of following up with other individuals they believe he chatted with about suicide the Toronto Star reported the authorities in Ottawa had given Nadia's father quote dozens of pages of online chat transcripts and her family in turn showed those conversations to the newspaper and according to the report a couple of days before Nadia s- disappeared she sent this Cami message sent this message to Cami. Quote, if drowning doesn't get me Hopefully the hypothermia will I'm planning to attempt this Sunday Which she disappeared on Sunday In April of 2010 Two years after Naughty committed suicide The Minneapolis St. Paul Fox News affiliate Aired Uh Oh Okay, aired a report claiming William formed at least 10 suicide packs with individuals in several countries. He found those people using the Google search engine and at least one website dedicated to different methods of suicide. Apparently, he also admitted when investigators originally questioned him about his involvement in Nadia's suicide, he wasn't completely honest with them. He allegedly stated that his role in Nadia's death was significantly larger than he initially claimed. Even though she committed suicide by drowning herself in the Rideau River, rather than hang herself like he suggested, he encouraged you to, he did encourage her to follow through with her plans. William has also maintained that his wife was not aware of his chat room conversations or the suicide packs he made with other people across the globe. Which, I can believe that, because a lot of people, you know, don't share what they're doing on the internet with people, and women, unless they're really suspicious their husband's cheating on them, don't go searching it. So those who knew William said he was a fantastic father to his two teenage daughters, and they also described him as a well-respected churchgoer who loved his wife. However, the authorities alleged what they found on his computer was proof he was leading a double life. On On the outside, he was a kind man who was devoted to the family he loved, on the inside, he harbored a dark suicide fetish, which he satisfied by encouraging others to make, commit suicide and allow him to watch via live stream.
0: Hey, look, I don't want to be a dick, but he has a commonality with a lot of them that we do. That's Christianity.
1: True. Oh, whatever. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking the dark under, you know.
0: Well, that too. The personality that they don't almost, show. almost everyone that we do that has a, that has a family life mm-hmm. is, he was a good Christian man.
1: Yeah, a deacon in would, the church. Would um, never
0: do anything that turns around like, but then he'd he <laughs> like to be anal-fisted and murder little girls. Weird stuff.
1: Well, and like the Golden State Killer. You know, we talked about him and how he was a well-respected law enforcement officer. Yeah. You know? Um. So the authorities claim for several years, he adopted several female aliases claiming to be in their early to mid-20s. He spent his spare time trolling internet chat rooms looking to target vulnerable people. They think William actively chatted with upwards of 100 individuals from all over the world, earning their trust so he could convince them to commit suicide. Law enforcement officials believe his efforts were successful with at least five. They even claimed that he confessed to being involved in the death of Nadia and Mark, as well as the other three unnamed people. (laughs) I don't know why I just kind of spit on myself. That was weird. <laughs> well,
0: that's Sasquatches what do.
1: <laughs> Whatever. I just like I'm talking. And all of a sudden, it's like I don't know. As detectives dug into his life and searched his computer for evidence, they discovered William's modus operandi. He became actively involved in chat rooms, claiming he was a young female nurse who empathized with people who suffered from severe depression. He preyed on those who were vulnerable and were vocal about their desire to end their lives. Law enforcement officials in St. Paul claim that William told them over the years he successfully encouraged more than a dozen people to commit suicide. It appears like even though he never physically took someone's life, he had the same satisfaction other serials get other serial killers get when they commit murder. He even described the feelings he had during his process, quote, as the thrill of the chase. Which we've, you know, featured serial killers who like, you know. Targeting their victim is more thrilling than actually killing their victim.
0: Right. No, totes. Totes, totes.
1: You know? So um, then we have... When detectives were investigating his William's life, they discovered... And this is going to, like, piss you off, too, because we've talked about this issue. They discovered he had an extensive... My nose is running. Shoddy work history. Most disciplinary reports he received throughout the years were due to, quote, poor nursing practices... For instance, in 1998, after reviewing employer reports about him mistreating patients for approximately four years, the Minnesota Board of Nursing placed multiple restrictions on his license, and they didn't lift those restrictions until 2003. In 1996, William was working at a hospital when he received a written warning from the Board of Nursing citing these reasons, clinical weakness, poor critical thinking skills, incomplete nursing care, and unsafe. William was working for a different facility in 1994 when he received both a verbal and written disciplinary report for failing to report a medication error, which is a huge deal. Not giving a patient's physician an update on their medical status, not documenting a patient's condition in their chart, and giving a patient medication without documenting it in their chart or the medication records. All of those instances involved one patient whose condition rapidly rapidly declined until they died on the way to the hospital you know so he very well could have been a medical monday right
0: very easily
1: yeah so it's unclear whether william was terminated from that facility or if he left volunteer voluntarily
0: it's the 90s it's the 90s here's what i think he probably has people that he managed to kill off in in the hospital too and they said okay much like colin You can, we don't, we don't care if you do that, but you can't do that here.
1: Right. Cullen, Harvey, Hogel.
0: Yep. I could go on. Here's a recommendation letter. Why don't you go up the street to like St. Mary's because I'm sure they can use your skills.
1: Yeah. We'll give you a glowing recommendation. Just leave. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, now, however, a short time later, he was working at a retirement home that, a short time later, after he was working at a retirement home, he wasn't there. He, oh, I'm sorry. Another retirement home. He wasn't there long before he was fired because two residents filed allegations of abuse against him. Now, after the Board of Nursing investigated his nursing practice practices, they reported, quote, his practice was unsafe because he continually demonstrated difficulty retaining information, following direction, and integrating information and concepts. Now, according to an official report released by the Board of Nursing, William was quoted saying his poor work performance was a byproduct of issues he was experiencing in his personal life, which, quote, spills over into everything.
0: That can happen, yeah.
1: That can happen.
0: Because some people can't separate personal from business.
1: That's true, too. But what kind of personal issues are you going through at home where you are actively abusing elderly people?
0: No, I think for him... Because you already said, you know, he, he, he was a good father. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, but who knows? I mean, seriously, we, we well, think of grandiose things like my wife is cheating on me or, you know, or, or uh, you know, like we have money problems or my kids are hellions, hellions, but it could be something small, you know, kind of like, I don't know, know everything's yeah. perfect, but, you I, know, I want a new car.
1: Right. Well, I'll and actually get into that here in a minute, I mean, it's, it's, it
0: sounds innocuous and stupid, like that doesn't happen, but yeah, it does, because people stress out over the littlest things. Right. You know, they sit there, well, my car's got 50,000 miles, and it, it runs great, but what if? I mean, there's no warranty. I mean, if the engine right. blows but I, can I afford a car payment? And then they stress out about that shit, instead of saying, either, let's wait till this fucker dies, right. or...
1: Well, let's go buy a new car. I actually get into that in just a minute. You kind of got ahead of me, little ass. You always do that. You're welcome. So the board also reported he had a history of mental illness. According to his medical records, he suffered from ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and adjustment disorder with anxiety, which I will explain that in a second. According to the Cleveland Clinic, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which DSM-5, let's just, you know shorten it, categorizes six specific types of adjustment disorder. Now, I'm going to read off the types, but I'm only going to explain one of them. There's adjustment disorder with depressed mood. There's adjustment disorder with anxiety. There's adjustment disorder with mixed anxiety and depressed mood. Adjustment disorder with disturbance of conduct. Uh, Adjustment disorder with mixed disturbance of emotions and conduct. And then adjustment disorder unspecified. Now, William himself had adjustment disorder with anxiety, right? Research studies have estimated every year approximately 6.9% of the adult population is diagnosed with this type of adjustment disorder. It is typically caused by a significant life change and or stressful event, including moving, loss of a job, and or death of a loved one. Now, should um, this... This um, type of disorder should not be confused with typical stress. Everyone experiences various levels of stress at different times in their life, right? Someone with ADA, which is what I shortened it to, will experience symptoms for at least six months following the stressor. Now, typically, someone with this disorder will experience one or more of the following. Memory loss, chronic fatigue, frequent and or excessive unexplained crying, difficulty concentrating, increased feelings of anxiety or worry, Chronic insomnia or difficulty falling asleep, suicidal ideation, overwhelming feelings when facing everyday activities, twitching and or in their muscles, and increased loss of appetite. Oh, my God. Do I have it? No, I'm kidding.
0: Uh, no, no I, I just think you're describing yourself. I'm on yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So anyways, after, on February 5th, 2009, after the investigation was started by the authorities, the Minnesota Board of Nursing actually suspended his nursing license. Their decision was based on the allegations by law enforcement officials that weren't released to the public. And in their report, they stated, should he continue to work in the nursing field, quote, he would create a serious risk of harm to others, which I agree with. Totally. So it was only a couple months after that decision when they completely revoked his nursing license. They cited their decision in part on him, quote, violating Minnesota's laws regarding assisted suicide by engaging in unethical conduct, including but not limited to conduct likely to deceive, defraud or harm the public by using false identities. Encouraging individuals to commit suicide via the internet, watching individuals commit suicide with a webcam, and telling individuals his nursing experience gave him, quote, expert knowledge into the most effective ways to kill yourself. Now, which, yeah, don't, don't cite your nursing history and say, uh, this is why you should do it. <laughs> you know?
0: No, this is why you should do it. Now, I'm a musician, and the best way to kill yourself, Okay is to have a shitty band and get on stage and play, uh, you know, and then after that, you'll, you'll want to die.
1: <laughs> or get set on fire by the pyrotechnics.
0: Yeah, or get set on fire. Been there. Um, because <laughs> I was too fucking high to realize where the markers were. That was awesome. Yeah. Good times.
1: I was too high on cocaine. Mm-hmm. So, formal charges were actually filed against William on Friday, April 30th, 2010. Those charges were in direct relation to him encouraging the suicides of Mark in 2005 and Nadia in 2008. The charges were filed in Rice County, Minnesota, and the DA argued William had confessed to detectives that he encouraged dozens of people to commit suicide. They also claimed that William told them he had stopped frequenting his preferred internet chat rooms right after Christmas of 2008. He claimed he ceased participating in the discussions because, quote, he felt terrible about encouraging and promoting people to end their lives. Oh,
0: oh hey, that's believable. I'll buy that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just like I buy Henry Lee Lucas paying Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance.
0: And giving Jim Jones the poison to kill everybody at Jonestown.
1: Yeah, to poison the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> William never spoke to the public about the charges he was facing, but after his arraignment, the court scheduled his next court date for May 25th, 2010. At that time, the judge stipulated he was not to use the Internet while his case was still pending. Right? Which How can you, like, monitor that, really? There's so many Internet cafes and everything that...
0: That's true. I mean, you seriously, know? you can have a band against... Uh, okay, I worked with a dude who was a registered sex offender. And uh, right, he was forbidden to have social media. Right, forbidden. Right. Yet, um, he had a Facebook page. Oh yeah, and still does um, because occasionally he drops me a high. Um, <laughs> Do you want to shoot him? <laughs> surprisingly, not. Oh, okay. Um. But uh, yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Like there is. for real.
1: Totally. I mean, don't you have like five? Facebook personalities because you keep going to Facebook jail. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's only because they like. Yeah, I've got like this. I mean, not because you're trying well, to be and...
1: deceitful, but because you keep going to Facebook jail.
0: Because I go to Facebook jail over shit that I did. Like literally, I went there for thirty days for something I posted over ten years ago.
1: You know what's really crazy is my mom was in internet in Facebook jail for like a week, and we don't even know
0: why. <laughs> I'm looking at that going. I don't even remember posting that. Yeah. Why am I going to Facebook, Jim? I was like, you violated our, our terms of agreement, or whatever it is. And I'm like, I don't even remember posting this. Like, uh, for real, I, uh, I have no idea. Apparently I did, but I don't even remember. So why? <laughs> yeah, that is why? my
1: name, but was it me?
0: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think I was framed because I really don't remember.
1: Richie Valens, I was framed, framed, framed. I was framed.
0: yes, yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: So when William was arraigned in 2010, several people had their own thoughts regarding the case at the time. For instance, by Minnesota's legal statutes, if a jury convicted him on the charges of, quote, aiding a person to commit suicide, he could have possibly been sentenced to serve a maximum of 15 years in prison and fined a maximum of $30,000. Several legal experts weighed in on their predictions. They felt that William's case would significantly, quote, test freedom of speech issues. They also stated that the prosecutor would have a difficult time proving their case because he supposedly only, quote, encouraged the victims to kill themselves and did not physically assist them in ending their lives. According to Dan Radenberg, the executive director of the Suicide Awareness Voices of Education in Minnesota, quote, there are First Amendment rights that come into play here about what people can and can't do over the Internet or what they can or can't say. The reality is there have been anti-suicide laws on the books for many years, but they rarely ever get prosecuted, except for Kevorkian.
0: Um, Which I actually feel bad for Kevorkian. I we did, We get to that later. because
1: Well, I did, too, mean. because, I mean, there is a difference between assisted suicide convincing a young adult to commit suicide and helping an elderly person or somebody who's riddled with cancer in their life because they want to go out with dignity. You know? But, I digress. What are you doing?
0: I am getting so many things I'm doing on my phone right now. Uh, just keep going. I'll I know. A second. You
1: keep ignoring me. So, the DA was fighting on behalf of the entire state of Minnesota to prove that the state laws regarding assisted suicide applied not only to the real world, real world but also applied to the virtual world. If they were successful in convicting, William, it would have been a precedent-setting case. Um... Before William's case went to trial, it was illegal for anyone to encourage another individual to commit suicide. However, authorities in the UK and North America, including Canada, were never successful in prosecuting someone for encouraging someone to take their own lives by using the Internet. As it turns out, by the end of his trial in 2011, the jury did find William guilty of aiding a suicide, according to the way Minnesota laws read. According to those laws, penalties for someone who, quote, intentionally advises, encourages, or assists others in taking, their own, taking the other's own life would force a, ma- f- a maximum of 15 years and a fine of $30,000. William was sentenced by the judge on May 4th, 2001. But check this out. Are you ready? Okay. In a shocking decision. He was only sentenced to serve 360 days, less than one full year, which was to be spent in county jail. Because anytime somebody gets a sentence in America of a year or more, they have to go to prison. prison. yep. But anything under a year is spent in county jail. Now, after William was convicted in his trial and his sentence was handed down, it was time for the higher courts of Minnesota to weigh in. Minnesota Court of Appeal- Appeals affirmed the original sentence on July 27, 2012. However, shortly after that, the Supreme Court of Minnesota ruled they would review the case themselves. Just under two years later, on March 19, 2017, the Minnesota Supreme Court ruled to reverse his conviction. They sent the case back to Rice County to district court, they cited merely advising or encouraging suicide was protected speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. However, any speech online that truly assisted a person to commit suicide was not protected. So they didn't dismiss the case with prejudice. They did it without prejudice so charges could be refiled.
0: right.
1: Yeah. During Williams' original I gotta scroll. Dang it. Hang on. There we go. During William's original trial, the D.A. could only make factual findings regarding him advising and encouraging people to commit suicide. Hence the reason for the Supreme Court to reverse that original conviction. However, they didn't vacate the charges altogether. They simply sent it back to the district court to decide, based on Minnesota statutes, if he if William truly assisted in those two suicides. After contemplating the op- their options... Rice County District Attorney... Charged William with attempting to s- assist a suicide... And the reason being... Uh, oh, in Nadia's case... The reason being... Despite his alleged suggestions... For her to commit suicide by hanging herself... She jumped off her bridge into the frigid waters... At the conclusion of the second trial... The jury found him guilty again... Of assisting Mark in committing suicide... And attempting to assist Nadia in taking her life... When it came to sentencing... Judge Thomas Newville ordered a three year prison term. However, you, you would think that would be better than 360 days, right?
0: Yeah, I think he was framed, but keep going.
1: However, William would only spend a fraction of that time incarcerated. In a shocking move, Judge Newville suspended his prison sentence. On the stipulation that he served 360 days in jail and abide by the terms of his probation for 10 years after his release. Before his sentence was handed down, he had a chance to address the court, and this is what he said I'm sorry for my actions and what I have done. I have repented. (laughs) You
0: know? Every fucking prisoner, every goddamn one of them I know, finds they get, they get Jesus God, and they repent. They're either they gay for
1: the state or get God for the state.
0: Yep, one of the two. One of the two. It's yeah. it's freaking ridiculous. You know, and here's the thing. Honestly, if I go out there and I murder somebody, which it could actually happen. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, I know. I know you. But I'm not going to be the guy who sits there and goes, Your Honor, I found Jesus. He was in my cell and, and said, Scotty, repent your sins. No, I am who I am. And I'll be like, I'm still the asshole that you guys arrested. So let's just fucking do it.
1: Just give me whatever the fuck you're going to give me yep. because I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because I don't.
0: I really, I I have no, I have a whole basket, but it's empty because there was fucks in there.
1: And now you have no fucks to give.
0: I have no fucks. None. I can't just go down the street handing out fucks.
1: <laughs> so check this out. Was justice served? And let me ask you this first, because I'll tell you what happened and then we'll discuss this case. So, with a sentence of 360 days in jail, as opposed to any significant time in prison, William was released to the public in February 2015. In the end, he wound up serving less than half that time when he was paroled after only 178 days. Despite his lenient sentence and early release, his attorney is still, has still been filing appeals to overturn his conviction.
0: Because that's an attorney's job.
1: Well, I understand that, but okay, he's released and everything. Why do you, you know, is it so you can clear his record? Yes, it's, that's
0: exactly it, right there. So that way, but, there it can be totally expunged.
1: Oh yeah, but I don't know. So, what do you think? Do you think he was guilty of murder? I think.
0: Ah, that's a tough. I mean,
1: because granted, he was only found guilty of assisting. But I actually think that if he would have been present, he would have done it himself. You know.
0: That's speculation. To Here's, watch them I, hang. It's a tough one because you have to ask yourself, like, how many people... Like, okay, if he would have used that same influence on on them, but for the good, saying, hey, man, let's talk this through. You want to kill yourself, but let's talk about the good things. Mm-hmm. How many could he have not had killed themselves? Right. You know what I mean? So that's kind of a... a t- God dang.
1: It's a controversial subject, to say the least.
0: My brain's going a million miles a second because I'm dealing with band things and I'm dealing with the show and I'm just different things
1: so right well no i understand that because like i said there's a difference between aiding somebody to end their lives when they're you know really sick or really old and they want to die with dignity i i condone that oh totally you know however i do not condone somebody telling a 28 year old who's having suicide ideations and just very depressed saying you know what i think your best option is just to end your life right now
0: i say nay nay let me tell you why let me tell you why there are some people out there that are in their 20s that are phenomenal people. They go, wow, man, this is a good person. Um, for example, like our sound guy tonight, his name is Lex. Um, Lex actually used to play bass for me for a short amount of time.
1: Oh, is that the... Oh, no, it's not the same one I'm thinking of. Never mind. No,
0: no. Um, and uh, great kid, man. Great. And he's in his 20s. Fantastic. Right. Um, you know, but then there's other ones that we see, and we see him every day. That we look at them and go, what a pretentious piece of shit! And it's like you want to go to the parents and slug them in the face and go, you raised that creature. Yeah, and that's it true is too. A piece of well, garbage. Well, we're
1: finding that more and more in the newer generations because these children are told you have rights. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. You don't have to. You know, if it doesn't. If you don't feel like it, or whatever, you know what I mean, right? And well, it's like us as parents, our disciplinary, our rights to discipline our children are disappearing. You know, because I'm sorry, putting some a child in the corner is not teaching them a lesson.
0: Well, and here's the thing: the the the, the you have rights to a child. Things start coming out even when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and I can me being smart enough, I know what would have happened if I would have gone to my family. Ha! Ah, hey, I have rights, and right. It would have gone like this. Guess what, mom and dad? I got rights. And then I would have woke up going, wow, everything's blurry. Why Why's my head hurt?
1: I, I my, don't know. What day is today? What? My head Where, hurt. Where would the last four days go?
0: And then I'd wake up, and my dad would be like, because um, I could still do my dad's voice. Hmm, good morning there, sunshine. Your head hurting a little bit? And I'd be like, yeah, I have a bad headache, dad. What's happening? Well, Scott, pay attention. There'll be a test at the end of this. <laughs> so, you came home and you said that you had rights. And I figured that I would help you out with those rides. Do you know what your rights are, Scotty boy? Do you know? I mean, I, um, Why don't you tell me? Because every answer I could think of is going to be wrong. I know that. Well, you see, boy, you are 15 years old. And you have the right to do what the hell you're told to do. You have the right to food and shelter and clothes and water, and to go to school and obey what you're told to do and do your chores. Do I make myself clear? And I'd be like, Yeah, I totally get it now. And guess what? Guess what? Problem would be solved. I'm not. I'm not going to be an asshole going out there going, Everybody, I have rights, and my parents. No, no, I right. know what my rights are now.
1: Well, and that all did start in the '70s with Dr. Spock's book. Remember? Oh, that fucking
0: joke, yeah. Yeah. Jesus and Christ. And everything.
1: I remember when my son was, you know, right around that pre-pubescent age where they're starting to push their boundaries again. You know how they do it at two. But when they get to be, you know, into puberty, they do it again. Oh, you yes. know, And it's almost, you almost want to choke them then more than you do when they were two. But I remember my son looking at me one time and says, "I have rights. You can't do this." And I looked him dead in the eye. I said, "Oh, really?" I said, "The only rights you, I said, you're not 18. The only rights you have are to have food on the table, clothes on your back, and a house to sleep in. That's it. You know, otherwise that everything is a privilege. (laughs) So, you know, it's just I don't know. It's hard for it's hard for me to like." wrap my mind around this case but i thought it was interesting and worth discussing
0: no uh totally it it was definitely it was an interesting case you know it's weird what gets people off it really is like this guy got off by watching people kill themselves you know it and i've said this before on a serious note that everybody's got a different fetish fetish some people some people it's Regular sex, like just missionary style, and the yes, I love How you too, dear. You know, kiss, 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 and 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 that's their thing, and that's fine. That's fine. Others have different, like some people are into bondage and BDSM. Others are into you know same sex. Everybody's got a, a, a fetish. Then right. you have the extremists, like this guy here, that goes, "What really gets me going is right. watching and helping people commit suicide." That's his deal.
1: Right? Because this goes beyond. Um, erotic and auto-erotic asphyxiation.
0: Oh, totally. 100%. Totally goes beyond
1: that. And it also goes beyond that choking game. Remember when that was popular a few years back?
0: Oh, yeah. well, it's popular now. Um, oh. I'm
1: not talking about what you do in the bedroom, Scott. My bad. But, you know, it's like these kids that hang themselves with their backpacks, which my son had a friend in uh, junior high that his brother did that. You know? And it's just really sad that this is what people are doing. And I mean, it's like that tide pot challenge and the cinnamon challenge and stuff
0: oh i'll tell you what you know <laughs> i see that stuff there and seriously i think that we need a really good pandemic to wipe out about a third of the entire population and hear me out don't judge me until you until i finish this motherfuckers out there listening <laughs> i don't want, i don't need more hate mail just hear me out tide pot challenge when our you, generation. When, when, when you talk about our generation, how many of you looked at anything that was a chemical and thought, mm, "I'm going to put that in my mouth"? It says, "Don't do it" because it's a yeah. laundry detergent or it's a poison. But that's yeah. a good idea, you I know. Have to say
1: the worst we did was huff. Our generation did was huff paint, a lot of <laughs> or h- glue. And glue.
0: But you know, uh, or the cinnamon challenge. You know, yeah. anybody's uh, family who you know were the mom cooked, everybody had some cinnamon. How many of you thought I'm going to take a tablespoon or teaspoon of cinnamon
1: of this dry spice
0: and put it in my face hole? None.
1: none. I mean, we did kind of do that marsh, you know, the fluffy bunny marshmallow challenge. And I think that some. What was the fluffy bunny marshmallow challenge? You put the marshmallows in your mouth and you put one in your mouth and you say fluffy bunny and you keep adding marshmallows until you can't say it anymore. You know? Oh, so
0: you were part of the retard's? Okay, no, no I did mean, a was Down syndrome girl. We,
1: when we started hearing about people choking on these marshmallows, we stopped doing it. You know, but yeah, that our generation never ate Tide Pods. Yeah, I that's it was fucking funny stupid. I used Tide Pods, and the first time I did it over here, and your son was in the kitchen with me. I said I handed one up to him. I go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm done with this case. If you want to wrap things up.
0: I don't need condoms. I had a vasectomy.
1: I didn't. Oh, say. The, 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 I didn't the say wear a raincoat. I said wrap things up.
0: Raindrops falling on my head. <laughs> I'm not telling you which one
1: though. <laughs> I'm so done. You know what
0: I have to say to that? Hold on.
1: Isn't that my loved one?
0: <laughs> yep, that's the groan. <laughs> I'm done. All right, boys and girls, remember. You can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium. Crime Beat on Medium. And wherever you get your blogs, you get the full story without any of my bullshit. Thank the Lord. Thank you. Oh, 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 it's coming. Up. Oh, I feel it. God damn it. Uh, brothers and sisters, this is the Honorable Reverend Beauregard. We are gathered here Beau. today
1: in A Thing Called Life. <laughs>
0: We are gathered here today to read from the book of Calrithians, chapter 1, verse 1. Do not chew your cud more once or twice, but four times. Now, what that means is consider your actions before you do them. Chew it over a little bit. This has been the Honorable Reverend Beauregard Vine. Are you done? I asked him. Yeah, he's done.
1: Good. Thank God.
0: Oh my God! <laughs> if you're on Facebook, uh, check out Citizens of Brutal Nation. Become a citizen today. Uh, p- 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 what else? Um,
1: our blogs. Oh no, yeah. Visit we got, our website yeah, we got that. Blue, yeah. I'm Missing something? You know. Well, yeah, I think you are too. But you know, whatever.
0: Remember, <laughs> remember boys and girls, if you're hearing this on on anybody else's show, they're lying. Steven Bastards, and we'll see you guys later on. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: That was a shitty bye. Well, no,
1: because I got sidetracked with the printer. I printed it in backwards, but that's okay.
0: And they call it ADD. ADD. <laughs> bye.
1: Bye.